And tonight, hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit until the last play. Her kick is blocked. Georgia Tech blocks it. The Jackets pick it up back in the 25, and Austin is returning it down the left oh, side. Pass the 50, a blocker, pass the 30. Inside the 20, inside the 10. And he scores! Great college football day to each and every one of you. Welcome to another edition of Strong as Steel, the very best, most entertaining, most informative, the assessments and evaluations better than all the best that you're going to find as we get set for another big college football season. I'm Michael Regai, pleased to be joined by our guru, the very best in the business, the author of Phil Steele's College of Football Preview, and of course, all things philsteele.com that'll be up and rolling for you with everything you need. Uh, that, of course, is Phil Steele. Hey, Phil, how you feeling today? I'm doing great, Michael. How about yourself? Fantastic. Yesterday we had so much fun and we had so many of you that uh, certainly are all locked into the uh, the Mountain West as we go through the group of five. We went through the Mountain Division yesterday where Phil concluded, uh, I agree that if you're a fan of any one of the six football squads that comprise the uh, the Mountain Division of the Mountain West, you, you have a great shot to be going to the Mountain West Championship game. Now today, Phil, we hone in on the West Division, and maybe things are more cut and dried, but something that's cut and dried for you is all the work that you're going to be doing uh, for ESPN. You are now a full-time employee. You've been with them for many years, but Phil, give us a sense. Give all of our listeners an idea where they can find all of your terrific work here as they get set for 2017. Yeah, very honored to be a full-time employee with ESPN uh, right now, and uh, you look at uh, the uses will be TV, radio. You hit me on all the ESPN radio stations across the country, but uh, also ESPN Insider are real big. And, you know, I'm going to write a lot of articles and stuff, college and NFL, for ESPN Insider this year. You get them for just $3.33 a month. Go to ESPN.com slash Phil Steele. That's ESPN.com slash Phil Steele. It'll take you to ESPN Insider. $3.33 a month, guys. That's less than half the price which you pay for a beer at a ball game. And yet you not only get my college, my NFL, but you get writers, outstanding NBA writers across the country, baseball writers, whatever sport it is, ESPN Insider's got you covered for $3.33 a month. That's ESPN.com slash Phil Steele to sign up. Get your subscription today. Can't get ready for the college football campaign or the NFL without without Phil uh, each and every day, as you said. Check him out at ESPN.com. All right, Phil, ready to go to work through the, uh, the West Division of the Mountain West? You betcha, Michael. All right, let's do it. Let's start out in the state of California. Again, we by the way, we do this alphabetically, okay? I'm sure all of you that have uh, been listening to all the previews are aware of that, but this is not our predicted or projected order of finish. Phil and I decided, and our producer, Jim DeBosna, will just uh, analyze and evaluate each team, the best way to do it alphabetically. So that's how we're proceeding here. 
As I said, Phil, northern part of the state of California, very humbling 2016 at 1 and 11 for the very proud Bulldogs program. Now, in steps former Dogs quarterback Jeff Tedford. Remember Jim Sweeney, one of the legendary coaches of college football? Tedford played for him at Fresno State back in the early 80s. Got to get an offense up and running after just 17 points per game output last year. So that's all. They only averaged 17 points per game. And, you know, that's Phil, you go back a few years, they were averaging 43 points per game in Derek Carr's final season Derek. at Fresno State. <laughs> Yeah. Now, the quarterback position just has fallen off dramatically. Uh, sophomore Chase and Virgil made 10 starts as a freshman. Now, he should win the job, I would assume. 16 returning starters again. And Jeff Tedford's there. So he's a former quarterback. So he's got to get that position uh, up and running and, and, and showing a lot of improvement there. Is there going to be, Phil, enough overall improvement to turn around a one-win 2016? Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be an improved team this year. I think Tedford steps into a really good situation. Uh, last year, DeRuiter was uh, let go midseason. Uh, and, you know, when you're going with an interim head coach at the end of the year, it's always tough. Uh, they showed a little bit of life down the stretch, had a couple of close losses. You look at a one-point loss to Hawaii, two-point loss to San Jose State, two teams they could easily have won last year. Uh, yeah, concern is the fact that of DeRuiter's first four recruiting classes, 33 of his 75 February signees either did not make it in the program or left. So they only have 69 scholarship players this year. How the heck do you draw Alabama and Washington on the road in back-to-back wow. weeks in non-conference play? Now, they've got to stay healthy. At least they have a bye after that to get ready for Nevada, which is going to be a huge game, I think, in, in where they finish in the Mount West. They need to get that confidence. They're going to be coming off a couple of beatdowns. I think that Nevada game's one they've got to have circled at the start of the year. As you touched on, Chase and Virgil looks to be the quarterback, though they're bringing a Juco QB in uh, Jorge Reina, who, uh, you know, usually when a head coach comes in, he likes to have his own guy at QB. This is his mm-hmm. recruit. We'll see what happens there. Dontel James back at running back. Uh, the offensive line's a veteran group. Defensively, they got a good portion of the team back. Six starters back. Only nine lettermen lost off the defense. They got 20 lettermen back. Uh, some decent players there. So overall, you, had, you know things are going to get better. They're not going to win one game this year. Guarantee it. They will, will top that one win total. What's, uh, what's South Point's number, though? It'd be interesting to see. Four, Phil. Four. Well, well, when I look at their schedule, you have to pull off a few upsets to hit that. Yeah, I, I got them an underdog at Alabama, at Washington, at San Jose State, at San Diego State, BYU at home, at Hawaii, at Wyoming, home to Boise. Toss-up games would be New Mexico and Nevada at home. Favored over UNLV at home and Incarnate Word. I think they win that one uh, okay. this year. Incar- Incarnate you. Word was three and eight last year. So with the fact they would have to win both toss-up games just to get to four, I'm going to go with the under for Fresno, even though I think they're an improved team. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, uh, again, Jeff Tedford, it's it's going back to what? Uh, you know, the legacy. So a guy that uh, that played for, as I said, Jim Sweeney, trying to, you know, revive uh, the program. It's a very proud football program that was, as we all know, very dominant during the 90s and even on into the, uh, the 2000s. So I'm going to go under as well, Phil. 
So it's going to be under four for Fresno State, although Tedford uh, will, will start to get them on the upswing this year. West Division of the Mountain West today. We just started it with Fresno State. Let's, uh, let's move way, way out to the island now, out in the Pacific Ocean. And a, a very nice jump to a seven-win season. I, I, we hope all of you weren't sleeping on that for head coach uh, Nick Rolovich in 2016 and those Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. And Phillip was capped off by, as I like to call it, their home game, their home game right there in Honolulu, bowl win over Middle Tennessee. So they got the bowl win. They got the home game. They put it in the win column. They were 4-4 four and four in the mountain last year. Fifth most experienced squad in the mountain, as Phil points out, in his uh, returning starters and experience look at each and every squad. And they got those uh, 15 bowl practices, Phil, too, that we always like to talk about, especially for squads that, you know, maybe uh, aren't always frequenting bowl games and being able to get those practices in December. Uh, the league home slate draws San Diego State and Colorado State having to visit the island. And uh, now sophomore Drew Brown with uh, 10 quarterback starts looks to be the guy. Uh, seven wins a year ago. Rolovich did a terrific job. Can he keep him there, Phil, in that, uh, again, win seven again, going to go to another bowl game, might even be the home game bowl game again. Yeah, I love the job Rolovich is doing. I had a great conversation with him this spring. And, uh, you know, you go back to last year as an example, late in the season, uh, they're playing a game. Uh, it was either San Diego State or Boise. I think it was the Boise State game at home late mm-hmm. in the year. And they just weren't playing up to their potential. So Rolovich actually removed the benches and wouldn't even allow the players to sit in the second half. Uh, that's the type of coach he is. He just won't tolerate that type of effort. And he needs to have that effort throughout. And, you know, you go back to what we talked about on yesterday's podcast, which everybody should be listening to all the archive podcasts on uh, iTunes and, and keep in mind when you do and you're liking the information you hear, go ahead and and, and click on there and, and list your opinion because it helps us build this podcast and you get a lot more podcasts that way. But uh, you go back to my turnovers equals turnaround article, which I write every year, and this was a Hawaii team that was coming off of minus 23 in turnovers in 2015. That says your record should improve. They went from three to seven wins last year. They've got 14 returning starters back this year. Drew Brown really came on last year. He got better as the season went on. He doesn't have great size, but he uh, or he, he does. You know, he's six foot, two hundred pounds. But he's a player that understands the offense. And then with St. Juice at the running back spot, 1,000-yard rusher last year, he averaged 6.1 yards per carry. They've got a couple of solid receivers in Dylan Collin, John Ursua. And defensively, I like the talent that they have up front. So it's a, it's a good Hawaii team. Can they continue to improve from that 3-7? to uh, It'll be interesting what South Point has on this team. Yeah, well, Phil, uh, South Point, uh, to answer your question, is uh, saying no because, you know, they've got them at four. So after a seven-win season and, uh, you know, the very first trip last year, they started out uh, playing – their first football game. Phil, where was it? Before Australia. First, and Australia. Then, then they not only then, they not only flew back from Australia, right. they had to fly to Michigan the very Ann next Arbor. week. It's no yeah. wonder it was sixty three to three. Uh, yeah. I mean you talk about jet lag. I, I don't recall a team having to go through that in back to back weeks. Australia and then from Hawaii to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh yeah. and Michigan just steamrolled them in that game. 
They did. Well, they're not going to face this kind of competition. But again, while it's not with a, a stop uh, in Australia before, but Phil, they're opening up at UMass again in Amherst, Massachusetts. So, I mean, not only the five hours to get to uh, get to the, uh, you know, to Los Angeles or San Francisco, then another five coming across to uh, to get into the Boston area and, and play UMass. So that's how it opens up. They get back home, and then they uh, come into Los Angeles. That's a short trip at UCLA. Uh, Phil, I, again, uh, all the way down to four and a half uh, after a seven-win season, but I'm going to go under that for Hawaii. I, I just don't think uh, uh, Rolovich is a good coach. I, I, I'm just wary that uh, that can he can get near and be eligible for a bowl season again. Yeah, you look at the schedule. I, I think they, they, you know, right now they're a slight favorite in Vegas in that Massachusetts game on the road, but I think they'll be an underdog. Uh, UCLA on the road at Wyoming, home to Colorado State, a dog at Nevada, probably a dog. San Diego State at home, a dog at Utah State, a dog, and BYU at home, a dog. So that's eight games where they're an underdog, only four games favored all year. I'm actually going to lean with the over in this one, though, because last year they pulled three upsets. Love what Rolovich is doing there. And while I don't think they're going to top last year's seven-win total, I think they could sneak past that four-and-a-half, and and they're going to contend for a bowl this year. All right. Phil's got them uh, hopefully uh, going for for their purposes, hopefully being another bowl entrant again and getting those 15 extra practices just like they did a year ago, and it paid off in that win over Middle Tennessee. Strong as steel, always paying off for you, working it real hard. Phil Steele, the uh, the top analyst in the game in college football, now expanding his duties to the NFL as well, as we just told you. Check Phil out at ESPN.com. And uh, yours truly, Michael Regai, our producer, Jim Nabosna. Great to have you along. We've gone through two stops in the, uh, the uh, West Division, the Mountain West, so... Let us uh, continue on, and uh, Phil, we got to check in with Wolfpack and Yvette. New system arrives in Reno as former Iowa defensive back Jay Norvell. He's been a real strong name in the coordinator side of the assistant coaching ranks. Now, Phil, he gets his uh, first head coaching opportunity. I mentioned the assistant coaching ranks. Uh, O.C. is the O.C. at at Oklahoma for seven seasons under Bob Stoops. And uh, the offense is going to get a boost because Norvell is bringing – how many Alabama quarterbacks, Phil, have we talked about over the course of previewing all the conferences that have transferred out of uh, Nick Saban's program into other programs? David Cornwell is another one. Alabama transfer quarterback, red-shirted there. Now he's looking at quarterback Nevada's Wolfpack. Uh, a 13-yard rusher, uh, you know, uh, James uh, Butler is back. Uh, that'll help nope. out Cornwell nope. to, to nope. settle in. Nope, nope. Butler, Butler transferred Butler's... to Iowa. Oh, you Tra- caught me. That's right. Uh, you got me. Good catch. Butler Thanks. is not... good catch. Excellent. I uh, I slapped myself on the wrist there, but Phil caught me. That's why we work in tandem here. Okay, so James Butler, right, an Iowa Hawkeye. Now, Phil, the defense, though, we've talked about this concept a lot. Not a lot to use it, but they're going to be a 3-3-5 look under defensive coordinator Jeff Castile. So you're bringing in the, uh, the Alabama transfer QB, 
Castile's going to institute the three-three-five for defensive guy, at least in his college playing days, Jay Norvell. How does all this equate and, and be put together for Nevada in terms of uh, maybe being a squad that can get bowl eligible? Do you assess them that way? It'll be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, Jay used to play uh, for Iowa. He and his brother Aaron both played for Iowa back in the day. Hayden Fry, their coach. That's right. right. Oh, what I meant to say, Aaron played for Wisconsin. And Aaron, of course, a good buddy of mine. So, uh, yeah, he's an actor now, by the way, Aaron is. So hopefully his acting career takes off. But uh, going going back to Jay here, uh, I had a great conversation with Jay and and really was high on Nevada coming out of the spring because I like the talent he's inheriting. I like the offense he's incorporating. You touched on the Alabama quarterbacks. It's like Alabama quarterbacks, LSU wide receivers. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They transferred out and uh, a big-time addition. I think when you look at, uh, at Cornwell, he was a pleasant surprise in the spring. He's got a lot of arm talent. Perfect guy for this offense. Uh, he can touch every single part of the field with that arm. He throws a deep ball well. I think he will do well. Now, when I wrote the magazine, I picked Nevada up there. I had him second in the West, and I was banking on James Butler being back. So sort of uh, choked on my diet Mountain Dew in the morning when I saw that he transferred to Iowa. <laughs> Interestingly, uh, the previous head coach, Polian, had described him as a Big Ten running back to me. And sure enough, now here he sure. is in the Big Ten at Iowa. But the offensive line looks good. I like their left tackle, Austin Corbett. He's going to be a guy that's got NFL potential. So keep your eyes on him. The receiving core, uh, decent. And defensively, you touched on the three-three-five that Castile's bringing in yeah, from yeah. – uh, it, that's a tough defense to prepare for, especially right. the first time you face it. Uh, I know that, like when West Virginia went into the Big mm-hmm. 12 and everybody had to take on that 3-3-5 stack for the first time, yep. there was a lot of struggle. And so this will be the first time teams are taking that on. Malik Reed is a, a solid pass rusher up front at the defensive end spot. Rufus and Baber at the safety spots are good. Nine starters back on the defense. So uh, I think it's a, a solid Nevada team. I still think they have a chance of finishing there in second. I'd like to have Butler on the field. Uh, can a guy like Jackson Kincaid take over? Now, he's no. only 5'9", 180. Butler was 210 pounds, delivered a little more uh, muscle. They've got Kelton Moore, a physical runner, but I don't think he's Jake, James Butler. So it'll be interesting. What did the uh, boys at South Point put on this one? Yeah, Phil, I, I was uh, I kind of looked at it twice to make sure I was seeing it right. Now, now I grant you, you know, I'm a five-win football team last year with a new head coach. But, oh, the the total has been set at three and a half. Three and a half, uh, the, the win total for Jay Norvell and his Wolfpack in their first year. I, I mean, at first blush, we just realize, again, you, you've got a lot to make up for with Butler's departure to Iowa and, you know, with the – the transfer quarterback David Cornwell coming in, but you know, I, I listen. I, I'm intrigued by the three-three-five stack look that Castile's bringing in. I, I'm going to say that they they win four or five football games and go over that three and a half. Yeah, and be honest, you know, you listen to the podcasts and you've been listening to the over/unders, and uh, for the most part. You know, hey, I would have put the number at eight. They've got the number at eight. I would have put the number at seven. They've got it at mm-hmm. seven and a half. They're all right there. This is one that I consider to be off. When you look at Nevada, uh, you know, I think the Toledo game early. Toledo's loaded out of the MAC, but they do yes. have to travel in Nevada for that one. It's not going to be an easy game, and I think Nevada's going to be tricky in that. Idaho State at home, they'll be favored. Fresno State, they play them on the road. That's a, a winnable game there. Hawaii at home, Air Force at home. 
Uh, with that 335 stack, preparing for the option, I know they had some extra time for it. Uh, you get the San Jose State game at home, UNLV at home. There's a lot of games I would have them favored in this year. So this one I like. I mean, that three and a half is, uh, I think that's an off number right there. Okay. You don't catch it much as Phil just laid out for you. So uh, for us to say that, uh, that, uh, those that uh, do those type of things for a living may have uh, got this one a little bit skewed in the wrong direction. Take note of that, everybody, and uh, maybe you're a red star that one as as Phil lays out for you with uh, one to look forward to as you, you go through watching the Wolfpack in 2017. And, and Phil, how about, you know, funny, and again, with, with James Butler, Jay Norvell, as we mentioned, a former Iowa defensive back for Hayden Fry. I- I'm wondering if you know, Norvell is say, uh, one of the top rushers in college football. I guess he gave his blessing to his alma mater to say, all right, if you're going to go, uh, maybe, maybe you ought to consider Kirk Ferentz in the Iowa program. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to ask Jay about that to see yeah. if he gave his blessing on that because uh, when you're losing your top guy, I'd be pretty much not one to be no. giving my blessing anywhere. But I'll, I'll see what the thought process was there. But I know coming out of spring, uh, it wasn't one of those things where Butler was unhappy that no. Butler had lost his job. It was not that at all. So that does concern me a little bit. All right, that's uh, the story with uh, the Nevada Wolfpack halfway through. The West Division of the Mountain West is this very talented group of five conference looks to uh, regain prominence. And speaking of regaining prominence, remember yesterday when we were going through the mountain, when Phil said to you that everybody from far and wide, when I asked Phil about uh, will the the West Division be as wide open perception-wise as the mountain, (laughs) no is the answer to that. Well, here's your alpha dog stop in the Mountain West Division. Rocky Long and his Aztecs of San Diego State back-to-back Mountain West championships, 15 and 16, 22 wins in those two years combined. Rocky Long getting it done. But now uh, there is a a certain running back that uh, we know where he's playing now. Yeah, he's left because he's with the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL. The all-time, Phil, NCAA rushing leader, 6,405 yards, Donnell Pumphrey, is with Philadelphia in the NFL, 2,100 yards, seven TDs last year, and fourth-round draft pick. So uh, Donnell Pumphrey is now playing for pay in the National Football League, the all-time leader. To test your friends about that. I bet you not many of them will say, yeah, the all-time rushing leader in the history of the NCAA and uh, the FBS is Donnell Pumphrey. I bet you win a lot of bets, so give that a go. Defensively, Phil, they're stout. Uh, they, they've been so the last three years under, under Rocky Long. It's what he is. It's who he is. He's called his own defense. Now, though, he gives, he gives his longtime defensive backfield coach, uh, Danny Gonzalez, the title of defensive coordinator. So Gonzalez is going to have a hand in uh, helping Rocky Long prepare that D. Uh, I Listen, I mean, you know, you said it yesterday. Uh, they are on a course to win the Mountain West yet again and be centered on that New Year's Six Bowl opportunity, are they not? 
Uh, the possibility exists. Uh, you know, when I look at San Diego State, I, I see clearly the most talented team in the Mountain West. It's not even close. I mean, there isn't a game in the Mountain West you would put them an underdog in. They do not play, uh, or they get Boise State at home this year, which is big. They do avoid Colorado State in conference play. And remember, though, last year when you look at San Diego State, just referring to your Power Five or Group of Five New Year's Day Bowl, mm-hmm. last year they wrapped up the division so early that they actually lost their last two Mountain West games. And so, you know, when you look at San Diego State, that could be a problem again. Once you wrap up the division, you've clinched the Mountain West, you're looking forward to the title game. They had a couple of uh, adequate efforts. I mean, they lost. The, the Wyoming game was tight, but then they got blown out at home to Colorado State while they were getting ready to play in that Mountain West title game against Wyoming. That and the fact that Rocky Long usually treats the preseason like a preseason. He's like a, almost an NFL coach when it comes to that. You look at his record in these early non-conference games, and it's not overwhelming. In fact, he had a losing non-conference record four straight years heading into last year. Lost at South Alabama last year as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for them to land that bid. But this team is talented. Christian Chapman is not a guy that was highly rated coming out of high school, but uh, I think he gives him a solid quarterback. Rashad Penny is, is still a dangerous back. I mean, Penny's a guy that topped 1,000 yards, averaged 7.5 yards per carry, and he's a little bit bigger than Pumphrey. Pumphrey was a guy that's smaller, didn't have a huge amount of muscle. Penny has got 220 pounds coming at you. Also a dangerous kick returner, punt returner. They've got David Wells at tight end. This is another one of those teams that I think is ahead of the curve, emphasizing tight ends, fullbacks. Gives you an advantage. It's given San Diego State an advantage here in the Mountain West. The offensive line only has one starter back in Antonio Rosales, but Longo always build a solid offensive line. And I go back to his days in New Mexico uh, when he was the head coach of New Mexico. I would look at his defensive line. I'd say, okay, these guys have no experience. They're small. They average about 265 pounds per man. And uh, with no experience, they're going to struggle every year. They'd be solid. His defense produces solid defense alignment. And they don't have to make a lot of plays. They just have to free up the linebackers to make the tackles. And they've had a lot of stars at the linebackers position, like Brian Urlacher back in New Mexico. Yeah. Some pretty good players here at San Diego State. So this is a, a very good San Diego State team. Over-under-wise, my concerns yeah. would be the preseason. And then once they wrap up the West, I saw what they did last year with the big lead yep. blowing their final two games. Yeah, they well, and again, as Phil, they lost to Wyoming, of course. Now they won the rematch against them, and they lost to Colorado State. So they dropped those two football games. And then, uh, of course, still, as Phil just laid out for you, uh, another Mountain West championship game. Uh, Phil, so uh, now the Pac-12 is their focus. You just mentioned Rocky Long in the non-conference. It's a Pac-12. They go to Tempe in week two to tangle with Arizona State. Then week four, they um, are also, uh, no, excuse me, week three, they're home to Stanford. So Arizona State, Stanford back-to-back. Out of the Pac-12. Number fill out of the South Point. Not a lot of margin for error if you're thinking about over nine and a half for San Diego State. You get the first shot, sir. Well, I think they'll be favored in uh, 10 other games this year. So you would automatically think, oh, I'm going to go with the over. The only two, two games they won't be favored in is at Arizona State and home to Stanford. But I do think they lose both those two games. 
And I think the, the possibility exists when you get late in the year. West is wrapped up November 25th. You're hosting New Mexico. Yes, they should beat New Mexico, but you've got the Mountain West title game on deck. Do you blow that one off? And if you do, I know Bob Davies going to walk in there and take a win off you. So I'm going to go with under nine and a half, even though to me, San Diego State is the clearest favorite of any division in football. They will win the Mountain West. My only question of Mountain West, West is who's going to finish second. I'm going to go under nine and a half because of what I just pointed out. Clear as clear can be from Phil Steele regarding uh, the winner, uh, the the most prohibitive favorite in any of the FBS conferences. Uh, I concur, of course, with that. And I'm going under as well for all the reasons that uh, that Phil laid out. I did not think that. Now, they, you know what, though? If they, they can go get Todd Graham's football team at Tepe and beat Arizona State, Phil, in week two, that could change everything. And they're capable, wouldn't you agree? They're capable. Uh, they are capable, yes. Uh, like I said, the preseasons never seem to be that big of a thing, but I, I think he'll have his players fired up for the game. I, I like the talent Arizona State has coming back this year. That's why I think they end right. up losing that one in the in the desert. But, yeah, it's, they're, they're clearly capable of it. I like this team. Okay. we Yeah, there, there are a lot to like about this football team. And uh, we will uh, we'll go under, though, that nine and a half, but wouldn't be – uh, surprised to see them uh, winning the Mountain West Championship again and then waiving their bowl assignment. Uh, and uh, from their perspective, they're hoping that it can be uh, the very best of the group of five and a New Year's Six Bowl like Western Michigan did a year ago with hey, their Chris. Cotton Bowl berth against uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. All right, remember, we're doing these alphabetically now in the uh, all of our conferences. So today is the West Division of the Mountain West. So let's stay in the state of California and uh, move on as we uh, take a look at the Spartans of San Jose State. First-year head coach Brent Brennan moves into the limelight at San Jose State. At four and eight in 2016. Now he does inherit 15 returning starters, yet many, many, I think, as Phil is going to tell you, those 15 are going to be pushed to maintain their jobs. One of, one of the reasons why for that, the defense gave up uh, 35 points per game in 2016. They had really had a lot of trouble stopping the run. They gave up 247 yards a game on the ground last year. That's way too high. Five and a half yards of carry. Now, the middle linebacker, uh, Frank Ginda, he's the top uh, tackler returning. He'll lead the defense. Phil, they got to establish quarterback, and uh, they got to get that done uh, in a hurry. Uh, the, the Mountain West division, as we know, could – Maybe, I don't know, other than San Jose State, or excuse me, San Diego State play in their favor. Uh, I mean, can, uh, can they, can they ultimately get up in that area where their, their fans are thinking about, yeah, we can get to a bowl game this year? You know, it'll be interesting to see. And, and to be honest with you, Michael, a lot of times you, you come into the, uh, when I get enter November, December, you know, the end of November when I start writing the magazine through the month of December and January, you sort of get an idea in your head. And I think my idea in the head with San Jose State was, hey, first-year head coach, Brent Brennan, first-year offensive coordinator, and Andrew Souter. He's a guy that's was a wide receiver coach, first-year mm-hmm. defensive coordinator. Here's a guy that's been a DB coach. So you don't have anybody that's been in that position before, which uh, that's a lot of inexperience, and I wanted to put him towards the bottom. Now, after talking to Coach Brennan, 
Uh, I, I think he's got a good handle on this team. I think that they're they're going to uh, perform probably a little bit better than I expected originally. But still, as you touched on, uh, generally with a first-year head coach, 15 returning starters doesn't mean as much because they've got to prove themselves to the staff. Now, he loves their offensive line. I mean, loves their offensive line. This is a unit where I'm asking them for all conference players on the team. Not a lot. But all five of these offensive linemen are there. So if you have a strong offensive line like that, you're going to do well. They've got a tight end in Josh Oliver, who's 6'5", 247 pounds. They've got a couple of receivers that are actually going to be pretty good, and Bailey Gaither and Justin Holmes. The big question is who's going to be the quarterback. There are three or four quarterbacks battling for the job. You even brought in two true freshmen that could enter into the mix. So basically five guys are battling for the job. They need somebody to step up. You know, if you have five quarterbacks, Michael, you don't have any. They need That's one right. of those guys to emerge. Uh, defensively, there's there's some decent talent over there. You talked on Ginda. I mean, Ginda was yeah. very productive last year. Uh, he's really a good player. He's physical, loves to play the game, uh, and led the team in tackles last mm-hmm. year. Andre Shashir at the uh, the cornerback spot is a guy that's uh, you know he's got great speed. He's patient. He's six foot tall, which would, what you want out of a cornerback. Terrell Townsend up front at the defensive end spot. He's long. He's six foot four, and uh, you know I think he's a guy that's going to make a much bigger impact. He was originally recruited as an offensive lineman. He redshirted, got his feet wet on the defense last year, but he's got that size at six four two. 285 that you want at defensive end and can pressure the quarterback. So there's there's some pieces in place. Be interesting to see what South Point puts out uh, when you look at them because schedule wise, they'll be an underdog to South Florida. They'll be an underdog at Texas, at Utah. Uh, you look at uh, at Hawaii, at BYU, San Diego State at home, at Nevada, at Colorado State, Wyoming at home. All those games are going to be an underdog. A couple of toss-up games, the Utah State game at home at UNLV, and a slight favorite against Fresno. So I'm banking that number is probably going to be pretty low. Yeah, no, you're right. Four-win football team uh, last year. South Point does not expect that same level of winning this year. They put it just under that, Phil. The total is three and a half. And, uh, you know, with so many things unsettled, you know, it's, it's, and as you just laid out the schedule, really hard for me to make a real strong, legitimate click case and go over that. So, you know, I'm looking at more two or three wins. So, Phil, I'm going under that three and a half. Yeah, the scary part's that offensive line. Watch it this year. I think okay. it's going to be one, one of those units where when you're, when you're watching the San Jose Stake, you're going, wow, that's a good offensive line. They're really getting some push off the ball. They're protecting the quarterback. That's a big plus. But with that schedule, i got to go under the total. All right, Phil and I are both going under the total. But it's, it, it should be a fascinating watch. Again, Brent Brennan with his, uh, with his opportunity to try to get the San Jose State Spartans. You know, back in the 80s and early 90s, uh, back in the old Western Athletic Conference, uh, this was a very proud, strong program. And, and we'll see if Brett Brennan can get them uh, headed back in the right direction. Hope you're enjoying Strong as Steel, our look at the uh, the Mountain West West Division. Yesterday we went through uh, the Mountain West's Mountain Division. And, of course, as uh, Phil and I always tell you, you can get any one of your favorite conferences and your favorite college football team. See how Phil and I evaluate them. You can do that at iTunes.com. And when you're there... Let us know uh, what you love about what we do at Strong as Steel. That way you can help us continue to build bigger and better and keep these podcasts 
coming for you. Now, we know a lot of you, if you're a college football fan, you probably are uh, very, very big into recruiting as well. And you, you follow high school football, especially the stronger programs in high school football. Our next stop in uh, the West Division of the Mountain West is uh, in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm sure, as I said, if you follow the high school scene and all the great players that come out of Bishop Gorman High School in Vegas, a perennial national high school title contender, you're pretty familiar then with uh, the head coach at UNLV, Tony Sanchez. It's his third year at UNLV, but he really set that Bishop Gorman program in motion as many years there. Three wins in 15 in his first year for Tony Sanchez at UNLV Philly. Bumped that up to four wins a year ago. Now, he did that with their defense being very faulty. They they gave up 37 points per game. They returned only two starters. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, the overhaul of the defense is needed. Uh, the run game is their strength uh, offensively. Charles Williams, Lexington Thomas. Combined for over 1,400 yards and 11 TDs last year, Phil. And uh, at last glance, anyway, last time I checked, they both returned. And uh, so could it be year three, Phil? And I'd like you to expound on that because you and I always look at year three of a head coach, now a couple years in a system with the bulk of his football team being his players. Could this be the year that Tony Sanchez players really get it done for them and they take that uh, they take that jump in the right direction up into more the uh, the bowl win eligible area of six wins or so? Well, to me, it all comes down to the defense, and uh, you know, as you touched on, uh, Sanchez, one of those head coaches, where you know when he stepped in, he didn't step into a. a, a talented team, one that was overflowing in talent, one that was overflowing in experience, one that was just even overflowing in scholarship players. It was a tough situation to step into. Uh, Brought in a lot of his first recruiting class, second recruiting class, now his third recruiting class. So the majority of these players you're going to find out are are guys that Sanchez brought in recruiting-wise. Very few seniors left on the team this year. But to me, their success is going to be on defense because offensively, I know what you got. I mean, Armani Rogers is a redshirt freshman quarterback that is six foot five, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. This guy's going to have a big year throwing the football. And last year, if you followed you in the LV, the second half of the season, I mean, they had receiver after receiver after receiver go down with injury. Devontae Boyd, ten starts. Darren Woods. Five starts. Kendall Keys missed the season. At the end of the year, they take a cornerback and put him at wide receiver, and he starts the last two games. They had walk-ons playing receiver. So, yeah, you can look at their passing totals from last year and say, that was pretty feeble, 46.9%, 163 yards per game. But you have to have somebody to throw the football to. That's corrected this year. Devontae Boyd's back at receiver. Kendall Keys back at receiver. Darren Woods back. So I think the receiving core is going to be much improved. Their top four wide receivers probably can compete with anybody in the Mountain West. They've got Rodgers throwing the football. You touched on the running game. Charles Williams and late uh, Lexington Thomas are a great one-two punch there. And the offensive line is solid. Guys like right guard Justin Palou, left tackle Kyle Saxelid, uh, both very solid. Now defensively, you know, when I went into the conversation with Coach Sanchez this spring and we we're going to go over the team, I was very concerned. Only two returning starters on D. 
but I like the overall talent. And I, I'm thinking that uh, they'll probably perform better than I expected defensively. I know originally my expectations were probably over 40 points per game, but uh, he's pretty confident in the players that he's bringing in. And like I said, this is now his third year in the system. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out with UNLV, but he definitely has this program pointed on the upside. Yeah, seems to be, especially as uh, you know, you've pointed out with uh, regard to now this his third recruiting class cycle coming in, and I tell you, if he can keep uh, a lot of those ultra talents from his former his former high school program, Bishop Gorman, if he can keep him to stay at home, he'll. Uh, uh, we don't have to tell him he'll help himself immeasurably. Uh, Phil, they're over under win total for uh the uh, the running rebs of UNLV this year sits at uh, at five and a half so uh at those that uh, that set that number saying wait a minute all right you know we'll take another step up for this program so they're going to put in five and a half when you look at the schedule do you think that's legitimate and or is this skewed a little bit in your mind well I think any team in the Mountain West West any one of these bottom five teams that gets hot, plays to its potential all season long, potentially could win those other four games. Because really, when you look at it, it's all just a a ball of five teams down there. Who's going to finish in second place? So if that happens for UNLV this year, with the fact they host Howard, I give them that chance. But I've got an underdog at Idaho. I think Idaho's in pretty good shape this year. Believe Mm -hmm. it or not, Michael, I've got him an underdog at Ohio State this year. Shocking. Uh, No, you don't. What made you come up with that? (laughs) Uh, San Diego State at home, dog. Air Force on the road, dog. Fresno State on the road. Uh, That's a winnable game, but dog. Utah State toss-up game. BYU at home, underdog. New Mexico on the road, dog. Nevada on the road, dog. So I'm, I'm thinking that number's a little high now. If the defense plays up to Sanchez's level, like I said, they may have one of the most explosive offenses in the Mount West. They are going to put some points on the board. If that defense plays better than expected, they've got that possibility. But I would have to lean with the under in this one. Ah, but why? You really kind of jumped off the page when you mentioned the uh, the young quarterback, Armani Rogers. So what what has you so excited about his potential, Phil? Well, you know, he's 6'5", 225. Uh, usually at UNLV, you don't get a PS number 49 quarterback like they have. Okay. This guy had scholarship offers from UCLA, Arizona State, Washington, Utah, and opted to play here. He is a true dual threat type of guy. He doesn't mm-hmm. have that A-plus arm, more of a B-plus, but he can make all the throws. They almost pulled his red shirt last year, bit the bullet, kept him uh, sidelined uh, all season so he could get that red shirt. And he just looks the part. And uh, so I, I think he's he's got everything you want. He's got a little bit of an edge to him, and I think he's going to have a big year. We'll mark it down and uh, write him down. The one that uh, feels very high on him, Armani Rogers, the, the quarterback for Tony Sanchez and the Rebs of UNLV. Phil just gave you that big shocker that Ohio State will be favored over UNLV. All right, I'm going to give you a real big shocker, although we're not predicting because we're going in alphabetical order. Yeah, I'm going to go with San Diego State to win the West Division of the Mountain this year, Phil. But they got to play against somebody. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to go. We did it yesterday. We didn't say it. But in that Mountain West Championship game, I want to see your thoughts on it. I'm going to go with San Diego State against who we talked about yesterday. 
Uh, Nick Stevens, the quarterback, and uh, Colorado State, the Rams. I think that'd be the exciting uh, championship game in the Mountain West this year. Yeah, and if you want my opinion, go read the magazine. It's Phil Steele's football preview. It's on the newsstands right now, and I'll let you lay it out exactly how I like each division. So just flip to the page of the magazine with the Mountain West, and and you'll find out what, what I like. Certainly not a, as we always tell you, we, we go alphabetically, not a projected or predicted order of finish. But, Phil, that gets us through the uh, the Mountain West, one of the, uh, the strong group of fives, and we'll see what kind of impression they can make this year. Still to come, uh, coming up on Monday, so that'll be Monday now, uh, August the 7th, we start our final two conferences here on Strong as Steel. As we preview for you leading up to the kickoff, we still have uh, Conference USA and the Sun Belt to go as we're putting the hammer down on all 130 of your favorite FBS teams as we preview them, analyze them, evaluate them. Phil gives you the entire breakdown. Of course you get all of that. And Phil Steele's College Football Preview Magazine Phil with ESPN at ESPN.com and all of the platforms. And, of course, uh, PhilSteel.com and everything going is going to be bigger, better, uh, or just off the charts for you. And that's going to be up and running real, real soon. So, Phil, get rested up now, and uh, we'll get ready to go with uh, both Conference USA and the Sun Belt. And uh, we'll see you on Monday for that, Phil. Have yourself a, uh, a terrific time with everything else you're doing. And uh, the college football world, the NFL world, buddy. Sounds great, Michael. You have a great weekend as well. Look forward to going over those final two uh, conferences next week. Absolutely, because nobody – we're, we're going to guarantee that for you. No one – you bre- we defy you to find anyone that goes over these group of fives and has the same bit of information, the same amount of evaluation, and the group of five as concise and to the point as we do here on Strong as Steel. So as Phil said, Conference USA and the Sun Belt still to come. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we thank you for your listenership. Now for our producer, Jim Nabosna, and, of course, for uh, the, the guru of uh, college football, Phil Steele. I'm Michael Regga. I appreciate your listenership, everybody. When you uh, go to iTunes and get your favorite conference and your favorite football team, Make sure you leave us that review. All right, leave us the review. Let us know why you love Strong as Steel, and we're going to keep jumping off the page at you and make it bigger and better than ever throughout the 2017 college football season. Look forward to seeing you Monday, everybody. That's when we continue with the Group of Five during this month of August. For Jim, for Phil, I'm Michael. We'll see you on Monday, everybody, on our next edition of Strong as Steel. Till then, have a great football weekend. So long.